It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. How about that Panther-Texans game? You know, Panthers visiting the Texans. Christian McCaffrey gets hurt in the second quarter. Just ruins everything. Ruins everyone's fantasy season or week before it even starts. You know, like, oh, I have Christian McCaffrey. It's going to be a killer matchup. I'm going to get a lot of points. And then, boom, he gets hurt. Has, like, what, four points? And, uh... Kind of left everyone scrambling. The The big rusher of the day for the Panthers was Sam Darnold because he got two rushing touchdowns. Tommy Tremble on the tight end got a rushing touchdown. <laughs> Seemed like everyone got a rushing touchdown, but the actual running backs. DJ Moore had a monster game. He just wasn't able to get in the end zone. He had like 126 yards receiving. Um, Robbie Anderson was really quiet, didn't really do much. And... Yeah, it was one of those games where, you know, you knew it was going to be tough sledding for the Texans with Davis Mills playing quarterback, and he was able to get that touchdown pass to Anthony Miller, but that was really about it. So 24-9 was the final score, and, you know, we're going to see uh, it seems to be a hamstring uh, strain for McCaffrey. We'll see how long that keeps him out. Hopefully he was able to recover by, you know, next week because he's a big part of that offense, but... You know, who would have thought the Panthers would go 3-0? and And uh, this is the first time they're 3-0 since they went to the Super Bowl against the Broncos. So, uh, good for them. I, I don't think it will last, but it's, uh, you know, I, I think watching Sam Darnold, too, about how efficient he's been. You know, you didn't see this with the Jets, and so it really just goes to show you that, y- you know, what happens to certain players when they're able to go to a new environment and, uh, able to you know work in an offense that's better suited for their skill set because I actually didn't mind Sam Darnold I thought he'd be a decent quarterback I just didn't like the way the Jets used him and then I didn't like the way they scapegoated him but uh you know he's having the last laugh now because Panthers are sitting on top of their division at 3-0 and it's not just McCaffrey there's a lot of people we're monitoring not for next week, of course, but for this week, who aren't practicing, that definitely could affect your fantasy football team. So, um, the, Tyrod Taylor was placed on IR. We obviously knew that. I mean, they played today, but uh, that's why Davis Mills was out there. And hopefully it's only just for the three weeks because they really need him back. I mean, the Texans offense, they were moving into shaking with Tyrod Taylor, and, and now they're just kind of stuck in the mud. So, he can't come back soon enough. Not sure it will help the Texans win any games, but at least will make them more entertaining to watch. Jarvis Landry, also placed on IR. That's a big blow, but it's looking like Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be back for this week. And I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case. So uh, that's going to be the case. Uh, Odell Beckham's going to probably be playing. I mean, it's not announced yet. But you can kind of read between the lines, and his press conference today kind of made it seem like he was going to play. So I would, I'd, I'd count on that more than I wouldn't. 
Packers tight end Jay Sternberger, well, he's not the Packers tight end anymore. He got released after he served his two-game suspensions for PEDs. And, you know, I liked him. I thought he had potential. And last year I thought he was going to be the tight end that was going to take over the starting role. And instead, Robert Tanyan came out of nowhere and, you know, has been the tight end ever since. So he was a third-round pick. And you kind of expected more from him for being a third-round pick. So this is a draft miss by the Packers that they're already releasing him. I can see him getting picked up somewhere with a club that's, you know, that feels like they can work with him and, and get him to uh, be an NFL contributor. But uh, it's disappointing to kind of, you know, see him after he had so much hype as a tight end when he got drafted from Texas A&M to just now being released and not really doing much for the Packers. QB to attack of is out this week. That means Jacoby Brissett is going to get the start. And I hate to say this, but this might be better for the Dolphins. They actually might be respectable. And, uh, and I'm not saying they're going to win this game against the, the Raiders, but I, I think that they can be more efficient on offense. So we'll see how that plays out. Usually when something like this happens, this, when the starting quarterback's out, you're kind of worried and you're worried about the, the other players on the offense. But... I think Jacoby Brissett can use those weapons a little bit better and uh, make, you know, make uh, the Dolphins a, a more high-powered offense. 49ers are signing running back Jacques Patrick off of the Bengals practice squad. He had a big preseason with the Bengals. Everyone was excited about him, but uh, now he's with the 49ers, and the 49ers are dealing with a lot of injuries. Jamichael Hasty and Elijah Mitchell, Hasty's ankle, Mitchell's shoulder. They're not practicing, so I'm sure that's, you know, the the reason why Patrick was signed. So we'll see how that plays out. I can't see Hasty and Mitchell both not playing, so one or both will will play. But definitely getting that insurance with Patrick. Vikings signed QB Sean Mannion to the active roster. You know, that's he's gonna be like the third string quarterback. So good for him. He's not on the practice squad. He's getting a. a you know, a roster paycheck instead, which is, uh, you know, a lot a lot more fruitful. I don't have much more to say about that. I mean, it's, it's such a depth signing. Bears named Justin Fields a starting QB for week three, and there it is. Justin Fields going to take over the starting role over Andy Dalton. And I'm not rooting against Andy Dalton, but, you know, this new, this move needed to be made a long time ago. And it's nice to see Nagy finally agree with that. So I actually like the Bears' offense in this one a lot better now that we know that. So can't wait to see Fields out there and, uh, you know, doing some, I don't know, doing some better things than we were seeing from the Bears' offense with Andy Dalton. And uh, Lions ride receiver Tyrell Williams placed on injured reserve from his concussion. So it's just more of Tyrell Williams not being able to stay healthy. You know, he was on IRs last year for the Raiders. And now he's on IR for the Lions. I still think he's an effective receiver when he plays. He just isn't able to get out on the field. Vikings running back Devin Cook missed practice again. Need to monitor, uh, monitor, monitor it, but I think he's going to play this week. 
So I'm not that worried about it. But I will be if it's, you know, uh, tomorrow and he's he's not out there. But uh, Dalvin Cook doesn't need to practice to play and have a good game. And I really hope that he plays because I'm putting him in a lot of my lineups for FanDuel. Because this matchup is, I don't know, this is the matchup, you know, against Seattle. And you saw what Henry did, so... Hopefully he gets out there and plays. Colts QB Carson Wentz missed the second day of practice. This is kind of nerve-wracking, too, because, you know, if Jacob Easton has to go out there, all my predictions and theories are out the window on this one. But uh, I'm just going to be 10 like Carson Wentz is playing, and I'm making all my decisions according to that. So we'll find out, but, you know, his ankles need to get better soon, so we don't have this, uh, you know, this agony every week on, is Carson Wentz going to play? Gonna play this week. Uh, let's hope so. Just wide receiver Jameson Crowder is still gonna be out. You know he had the COVID. Now it's the groin. It's still the groin. We'll see Jameson Crowder eventually. But in the meantime, Braxton Berrios is the guy. But really, for fantasy purposes, I mean, no one on the Jets is really the guy because Zach Wilson's thrown him the ball. This week it's against Denver. I I, I see more of the same that we saw last week. So. Uh, that's, you know, please stay away from any Jets uh, ownership that you can because they're they're not going to be consistent for you. And that really is the breaking news. It's, uh, it's a lot of who's practicing, who's not, but in season, that's kind of the way it goes. NFL Preview Alert. Let the games begin. The Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. And this one, you know, the Titans are favored by five and a half points. And they're at home, so I kind of get that. But I think the Colts are a decent team, uh, way better than that point uh, spread. The Colts' defense is decent. I mean, they haven't met expectations so far this year, but I still feel like they're a good defense that's going to be able to limit the Titans a little bit. And the Titans don't really have a defense. I think their defense is horrible. So I think the uh, Colts' offense will be looking a lot more uh, uh, exciting and uh, you know show a lot more big play potential in this one than they have in the last two. So I'm taking the Colts. Give me the five and a half points. I- I'm not saying they're going to win, but give me the the five and a half points. I like that. And then the over under is 48.5, and I'm and I'm taking the over just because I I like the Titans' offense. And the Colts defense has been disappointing, but uh, I also like this Colts offense, so I really expect a lot of points to be scored in this one. And I'm only sitting, basically, Paris Campbell, because I don't think he'll play, because he's hurt. And then the tight ends. Uh, Frickser, Michael Pruitt, if Frickser doesn't play, Jack Doyle. I'm I'm starting everyone else. Uh, Carson Wentz, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman Jr., Zach Paschal. My boy Zach Paschal, you know how I feel about him. I feel like he's a sneaky play this week. And then on the Titans side of the ball, you know, Tannehill, Henry, Julio Jones, and, and A.J. Brown. So this, this game uh, is a divisional game, so it's a lot at stake. Should be exciting. I think this is one of the better morning slates. But again, you know, uh, looking at this game before the season, I would have been like, man, this is going to be a pretty good defensive game. Now I think it's going to be a, a shootout-type game that's uh, – but uh, again, it's going to be close, so should be should be fun.
the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Giants. And this game has intrigue for me. I, I, I really, I'm kind of excited for this game. Don't tell anybody. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say this, but I am kind of excited. The, uh, the Giants are favored by three points, and I'll take that. I think the Giants win by three points. Uh, well, obviously more than three points. The over-under is 47.5, and I'm taking the over on this. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm basically starting everyone that I can in this one. I think this is going to be a really high-scoring uh, affair, and I'm sitting Kenny Galladay because I haven't liked the fit with the Giants, and I've said this many times, and every week he's kind of been disappointing. So until I can see him show some progress, I'm just going to keep sitting him because I feel like Slayton and Shepard are getting the majority of the targets and actually doing better. So I'd rather put my money on those guys and put those guys in over Galladay at this point. I'm not. I'm sitting Russell Gage. He's been kind of disappointing as well. I just feel like the you know it's the Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts show on on offense, and you know Mike Davis, Cordero Patterson. I'm starting both of them. I actually like Cordero Patterson even more. I think Cordero Patterson can have a really big day here. And then on the Giant side of the ball. I mean, again, I like everyone. I even like Evan Ingram, and I hate that because he's going to play, and he's going to probably drop some passes, or he'll be targeted eight times and catch, like, two of them. But, you know, in fantasy football, we like to chase the targets, and so Evan Ingram is a start. Uh, Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard we already talked about, and then Daniel Jones, I think, has a really big week this week. I just can't shake it. I, I, I saw him last week, and... You know, it was Daniel Jones looking like a whole different QB, and I think he keeps that up. I mean, call me crazy, but I, I think he's going to have a really great game, and he's going to keep up the pace that he did against Washington. So uh, I'm hoping I'm not eating my words here, but I think he's a start, and on top of that, I think he's one of the top starts of, of the week against the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons are at one of the worst pass defenses in football. I, I don't like what they're doing on defense. It's been a problem for, what, this is like the third year now. It's not getting better. So start all your Giants with, uh, you know, with confidence, and you're going to definitely come out with uh, a lot of points from these from these guys against the Falcons' defense. And then, uh, again, uh, Matt Ryan, I think, has one of his better weeks than what he's had. He's been pretty bad the first two weeks, but uh, they've definitely been playing some tough competition in the Eagles and the Buccaneers. So this week I think they you know they come out and actually show somewhat of a po- uh, somewhat of a potent offense of what they could be now that it's a, a little bit easier opponent defensively, but that's not to say the Giants aren't slouches because I, I feel like the Giants have a, an okay defense. So it, it's they're, they're not the pushovers that uh, they might have been a couple years ago. Uh, having said that, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a high-scoring game and the Giants to win by more than three points. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Kansas City Chiefs. Another divisional game that will be pretty exciting. The point spread is Chiefs by six and a half points. And at first I was tempted to pick the Chargers on this one, but... I'm going with the Chiefs. I think they cover this, especially after losing last week to Baltimore. Uh, I definitely think that they'll win by a touchdown, at least, the bare minimum. The over-under is 54.5. I feel like that's kind of high. I'm going 
I'm taking the under on this. I know it's the Chiefs and everyone expects, you know, a, a, a lot of scoring, but I just can't help to feel like that's too high. And, and these two teams know each other. So I'm taking the under. I'm starting on the Chargers side of the ball. I'm starting Justin Herbert, even though it's not a good play. Chiefs have done pretty well against the quarterback, but he's just a guy you don't bench. Austin Eckler, of course, I think he has a monster game. Uh, I mean, this is this type of game is just what this is the type of game where he excels and has a really big game. So uh, I'm expecting him to have just a huge game this week. And then Jared Cook, I have Jared Cook starting at tight end. I was kind of high on Darnold, Darnold Parham at the beginning of the year, thinking he'd be a sneaky play, especially how they used him last year. But they haven't been using him. It's been Jared Cook. So I'm going to throw him in there because the Chiefs don't defend the tight end very well. Having said that, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they're on my bench. And I hate to do that because, I mean, they're two great receivers. But uh, the Chiefs have done really well against the wide receiver positions and have really limited teams. And, and part of it, obviously, I think is that they played the Ravens, who don't really use the wide receivers, even though uh, Hollywood Brown was able to sneak a touchdown in on, on, you know, on that big play. Outside of that, I mean, the Chiefs have been pretty solid. So I, I think they get a lot of targets but I just don't feel like they're going to be uh, effective. Uh, on the Kansas City side of the ball, Mahomes has a bad matchup here as well, but you got to start him, so we're not going to debate that. It, that'd, be, that'd be stupid to say to bench Mahomes. You're not going to do that. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire should have a good bounce-back game. Even though his fumble cost me my Week 2 win, I, I don't know. I'm pretty bitter at him right now, but the matchup's great. You need to be starting him. He should have a good week this week. And I say that, you know, I think you should also, Darrell Williams might be a good uh, start because I think he'll sneak a touchdown in there or steal a touchdown from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. One of those running backs are going to have a good game here. Tyreek Hill has a bad matchup, but Tyreek Hill is the opposite. I'm going to start him anyways. He had a bad week last week. I don't think that just continues. He's one of the best receivers in football right now, so... He's always a start, and then obviously Travis Kelsey is always a start. So Chiefs are easy. I mean, whether they have a good or bad matchup, you're playing your guys, unless they're like, you know, Brian Byron Pringle or Demarcus Robinson or something, uh, or McCole Hardman. Uh, but most of the main guys you're starting every week regardless. So really easy analysis on this one. Start all, all the Chiefs, and, uh, yeah, it's not going to be as high scoring as – what the uh, over-under is, and the Chiefs win by a touchdown or more. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this game's kind of tricky because it all depends on who's playing for the Steelers. You know, it looked like the Steelers were pretty healthy, and then they went uh, and played the Raiders last week, lost half their defense, and now Deontay Johnson's banged up. Ben Roethlisberger's banged up. If Ben Roethlisberger's playing, I, I mean, you know, how effective is he going to be being injured? Will he be able to shake that off? Steelers are favored by four and a half points at home, and usually against the Bengals, that'd be a no-brainer for me. I'd definitely pick the Steelers. You know, Sands last year where, you know, the Bengals upset the Steelers and made the Steelers just look horrible where they couldn't do anything on offense. But I'm going to take the Bengals on this one. I just, I think it's going to be a close game. 
Steelers aren't going to be able to do much on offense. You're still waiting for that offense to get going. They haven't. Uh, so I'm taking the Bengals. And it's 43.5 is the over-under. And I'm taking the over on this one because there's not too many people I'm sitting. I'm actually starting quite a bit. The Steelers' defense is banged up, so normally I would uh, you know, pick them to stop the, the Bengals' offense and, and really dominate them. But with these many injuries, I don't think that's going to be the case. So uh, the Bengals will be able to score some points. And the Steelers are going to have to match that. So it could potentially be more of a shootout-type uh, atmosphere here than uh, what we're used to. I'm starting Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. I'm starting all of them. C.J. Azuma. Steelers, uh, with those injuries, I just feel like any of them could have breakout potential in this game. And I'm sitting Joe Mixon. I feel like the Steelers can still stop the rush. I know Mixon is a good receiver out of the backfield when they utilize him that way. They don't always do that, but I think they'll be able to contain him, and uh, it'll be free reign for the receivers and tight end. Uh, for the Steelers, I'm starting uh, Najee Harris just because the Bengals have actually done a decent job against the running back, but they give up quite a bit of receiving yards to the running back, and I really think they'll start utilizing Najee in that capacity this week. Dante Johnson, Chase Claypool, and Juju Smith-Schuster, I'm starting all of them. And, you know, you're like, why are you starting all the receivers but sitting Ben Roethlisberger? I'm sitting Ben Roethlisberger because, again, I, I feel like the receivers, any one of those guys could have a big game, but I don't think all three of them will. But you don't know who that's going to be, so I'm starting all three of them because I know one will have a big game. Roethlisberger won't. He's either going to be you know, looking shaky because he's injured or the offensive line's kind of shaky. Like, there's just too many factors that uh, uh, kind of – are pointing towards him not having a big game this week. And then I'm starting or I'm benching the tight ends, Eric Ebron and Pat Friermuth, because the Bengals actually have done a great job against the tight end. And I think uh you know Ebron and Friermuth haven't uh, been a big part of this offense enough for me to feel like there would be a good start in this one. So there you have it. It's uh gonna be an interesting game based off of who plays and who doesn't. But uh, I guess, you know, there's definitely a lot of other games that are would be more of interest to me to watch on Sunday morning than this one. Now, I'm really excited for this game. Really excited. Because Matt Nagy finally, finally named Justin Fields the starting quarterback. Finally saw the light and was like, you know, Andy Dalton's not the answer. Our offense is really anemic. That's... Uh, that sparks some life into it. And that life is Justin Fields. So we said to pick him up, and I'm excited about his potential. And he's playing the Browns, who aren't very good against the quarterback. So we'll have to see how this unfolds. Chicago Bears are 7.5-point underdogs, and I'm going to take the Bears still. Like I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown. I think there's going to be a lot of sneaky touchdowns, like special teams touchdowns and defensive touchdowns. So I'm going to take the over on the 45.5 just for that factor. Starting-wise, I'm starting Justin Fields. Usually I don't like to start a rookie in his debut and expect good things, but I just I like this matchup. So I'm taking Fields. I'm taking Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. All three of those guys are probably thrilled that they're going to be relevant again. And uh, I expect big things from them. I'm sitting David Montgomery, Browns, and... Damian Williams, I feel like the Browns do a really good job at stopping the running backs, so there's there's not going to be a lot of action for them in this one. 
And then for the Browns, I'm starting Baker Mayfield. Hollywood Higgins, because Juice, uh, Juice Landry is on the IR. So that's going to open up the door for Hollywood Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones uh, to uh, maybe have some production with uh, you know Odell Beckham out, Juice Landry being out. That's that's like their two starting receivers. So it's going to be kind of a, a sleeper receiver that's going to have a pretty productive day. And then Bears stopped the run pretty well. So Nick Chubb's on my sit list, even though I... I don't, you know, I just think he'll have he'll have a, a day that's not as good as what you're used to from Nick Chubb. He'll, he'll still be a dominant force because he's Nick Chubb, but uh, I, I don't expect him to have the weeks that we're used to seeing Nick Chubb have in this one. And that's the same for Kareem Hunt. I think Kareem Hunt is limited. So Austin Hooper, Joku, Harrison Bryant. First off, the Bears defend the tight end pretty well. And then second, I, out of those three tight ends, I don't know who's going to get the ball. It's it's just a guessing game at this point. So they have three solid tight ends. I don't know who that's going to be from week to week. So even if I felt like there it was a good matchup, I would probably have them on the bench because it's just I don't want to figure that mess out right now. The Baltimore Ravens at the Detroit Lions. And I really feel like people are having a, a little recency bias by seeing the Ravens do what they did against the Chiefs. They're favored by nine and a half points. And I'm going to take the Lions on this. I'll take the nine and a half. The Lions are at home. And, you know, I, I know they gave up a lot of points to Green Bay. But the Lions were kind of in it to the end. Um, well, I shouldn't say in it to the end. They were in it to cover the spread until the end when they kept going for it and not making it. So I feel like they can do the same thing to the Ravens. You know, I think the Ravens win easily. So I don't think this is going to be a game where the Lions have a chance to win. But I definitely feel like the Lions are going to, uh, you know, cover the spread. 49.5 is the over-under. I'm taking the over on this one. I'm, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Especially with Lamar Jackson on one side, and I don't want to say Jared Goff on the other, but I mean, I, I think the the Lions are going to going to score a lot of points. I don't like this Ravens defense right now. They've been giving up too many points, too many big plays. So it's not the Ravens defense I, you know, that I thought it was going to be going into the season. But I feel like I'm saying that a lot, and especially with Week Two being such a kind of a low scoring week. Uh, at least in the morning games. Um, I I find it odd that I'm now talking about uh, defenses that haven't been meeting my expectations. But anyways, uh, starting Lamar Jackson, I'm I'm starting Tyson Williams, Hollywood Brown, because Hollywood Brown's the only receiver that gets targets. So I definitely think he's a start in this one. And potentially could have some big plays. Mark Andrews, like this, he needs to break out. This will be his breakout. You know, I predicted, I predicted him to uh, have a, a, a good week this week, and uh, he's had some tough matchups the last couple weeks. So this is uh, when his season begins. Here, he's gonna have a, a solid week. And then uh, benching Sammy Watkins, of course, because this isn't the first week of the season or the playoffs. So uh, on the Detroit Lions side of the ball. 
Jared Goff, definitely starting him. He's definitely exceeded my expectations on what I thought this Lions offense would look like. thought it was going to be tough sledding, and it's not. Jared Goff has really been efficient. He's been getting a lot of points and really moving this offense up and down the field, utilizing everybody really well. You know, the, the receiving core wasn't supposed to be great. I really like the potential of some of these guys like Quentin Cephas and Trinity Benson and uh, so I think they have big weeks. TJ Hawkinson, of course, solid play. Ravens have had the worst matchup against tight ends. So this continues with Hawkinson, so I think he has a big week. And DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, I think they both have decent weeks as well. And I think I like DeAndre Swift a little bit more because he's more involved in the passing game. So uh, I, actually, the only one I would sit is Amon Ross St. Brown. And that's just because I feel like, you know, with Trinity Benson coming in, he's getting more of those targets. And Quintez Cephas, um, Quintez is, is turning into be a pretty solid receiver for the Lions. And pretty much the one that everyone forgot about. I think people were taking chances on Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, Benson. But uh, we're kind of forgetting about Cephas. And he flashed potential last season. So... I think uh, he can make a, a leap this year and, and be a decent wide receiver, and he's kind of shown it last week, and this can be a continuation of that. So we will see. It'll be an interesting game, and uh, I I stand firm. I think the Lions cover the uh, cover the spread. The New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. And I don't have a lot to say about this game. I really think it's going to be a defensive battle. Not high scoring at all. The Patriots are favored by three points. And I'm going to take the Saints. You know, if the Saints were favored by three, I'd probably take the Patriots. I just really don't like this game. And I think it's going to be really close because both teams are going to be not able to score in this one. I like the Patriots defense. I like the Saints defense. I like the Saints offense better than the Patriots offense. But, uh, again, it's. I really think that's why I'm picking the Saints. Not necessarily, not necessarily to win, but to uh, cover. Um, 41.5 is the over-under. I'm going under on this. Like, that's what, like, man, it's like 21 points on each side, and I don't even think they get that, to be honest. I really think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I am sitting everybody in this game. I don't like anyone. Callaway, Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris, Jameis Winston, Tony Jones, Adam Troutman, Juwan Johnson, all of them. And I'm, I'm starting Alvin Kamara just because I like his receiving ability in this one potentially. But overall, you know, this could even be a game where Alvin Kamara doesn't live up to the standards that we have for Alvin Kamara. Patriots, I'm sitting everybody in this one as well. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, John U. Smith, Hunter Henry. Bench, 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 bench. And uh, I'm I'm starting James White. He's my only start for the Patriots. And again, because of the receiving. So uh, this is almost like the Spider-Man memes of them pointing at each other. Because I really feel like these two teams are kind of the same team right now. Uh, they're, they're, yeah, they're... There's not much separating them. So, you know, why not choose the two 
receiving running backs to be the only productive things that are going to be going on for these offenses. Anyway, I'm interested just to see uh, how this unfolds. I'm not interested in watching it. I'm interested in just seeing how it unfolds. So we'll, we'll find out here soon. This next game is the Arizona Cardinals at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it doesn't matter where Jacksonville plays. Whether it's on the road or home, they're going to get beat. They're one of the worst teams in the in football right now. And uh, the Cardinals are favored by 7.5 points. And I'm... Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals and give up the 7.5. That's how confident I am in this game. The over-under 51.5, and it really came down to, do I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be able to score on this Cardinals defense enough to get over that? And I do, kind of. I, I you know, 35 to, I don't know, 21, 20? I mean, uh... We'll see, but I, I definitely think that it's going to be a high-scoring game because there's not too many people I'm sitting in this one. I, I don't like the running backs in this for sure. Well, I take it back. I don't like James Conner in this one. Uh, I do like Chase Edmonds, and I really feel like Chase Edmonds is the better back and should be utilized more. They're really trying to make this a committee. They really should just give the reins to Chase Edmonds and kind of predicted throughout the season that the uh, that would be the case because I have Edmonds really high as you know, uh, as running back uh, in my running back rankings. So I'm expecting that to happen soon and for Chase Edmonds to take off. But this is a great matchup for Chase Edmonds. So uh, hopefully it's this week because I have him as a start and I have him as a really good play this week. Kyler Murray, you need to start him. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, if he's, you know, he's been missing some practice, but he'll be there. Christian Kirk, Rondell Moore, all of them. And I have A.J. Green on the bench, but if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't play, I would move him into a starting spot. I think he'll be productive at that point, but as long as DeAndre Hopkins is playing, I just feel like there's not enough ball to go around. Like, I have Max Williams even starting, so, I mean, where's... How are you going to distribute the ball to all these weapons that they have? On the Jacksonville side of the ball, mm, I'm starting Trevor Lawrence. I'm starting Marvin Jones. And I'm really I'm impressed with Marvin Jones. I'm, he's like my Allen Robinson of the year. Playing with a quarterback that's, you know, not that effective. Probably holding him back a little bit. But he's still dominating, getting a lot of targets, a lot of catches. So I like Marvin Jones a lot, and I'm definitely starting him in this one. DJ Chark, like him in this one. And LaVisca Chenault, I like, I like all of the Jacksonville Jaguars receivers. So I do think that they're going to score quite a, well, not quite a bit, but, you know, two or three touchdowns in this one. And uh, sitting Carlos Hyde, sitting James Robinson, this is like a running back by committee where both running backs aren't getting anything done. So it's... It's a weird situation. I really like James Robinson coming into the season, especially with uh, Travis Etienne being hurt. And it doesn't feel like Robinson or Chanel, uh, him as well. I, I think uh, those are the two that benefit the most from Etienne's injury, and they're just both not really meeting expectations. Chris Manhurts, he's on the bench. He's a tight end for the Jaguars. Uh, 
Cody Hollister, I have him on the bench as well. It's uh, yeah, it's one of those things where Jaguars don't really have a tight end. James O'Shaughnessy, he's on the IR. So take the Cardinals, give up the 7.5, take the over, and I'm done with this game. The Washington football team at the Buffalo Bills. And I'm not taking Taylor Heineke in this one. I just, if it was Fitzmagic, I think they would have a better chance. And I actually like the Washington football team this season. But as soon as Fitzpatrick got hurt, I, that kind of just faded away a little bit. So I think the Bills cover. It's eight and a half points, which is a lot, especially because I do like Washington football team and their defense. But they're, yeah, they're not getting it done. The over-under is 44.5, and I'm taking the under on this one just because I think the Bills will score, and I don't think the Washington football team will as much. So, but, you know, I'm starting Terry McLaurin for Washington, and that's really it. I have everyone else on my bench. I don't like Antonio Gibson, don't like J.D. McKissick, Adam Humphreys, Diami Brown. Again, I already mentioned Taylor Heineke. They're all on the bench. Logan Thomas is on my bench. I, yeah. And, you know, Curtis Samuel's still on IR. This is a team that uh, I, I just don't like this week. I don't, I don't like this matchup. I think the Bills handle business. I'm starting basically, well, I'm starting the, the, the passing attack on the Bills. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, they're on the bench. Dustin Knox is on the bench, but, you know, he's hit or miss anyways. Like, he's not really, they don't use him as a weapon that much in the passing game. He's more of a blocker, so uh, he's... Starting to come around a little bit more than he did last year, but he's still on the bench. So Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders. I think Emmanuel Sanders would, could be a pretty decent play here in this game. So we'll see. But uh, all the way around, you know, the Bills being at home in front of Bills Mafia, it should be a fun one. And I think they handle business. Let's start with our Sunday afternoon slate of games. And the first one we'll go over is the New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. Broncos are favored by 10.5 points. That's a lot of points. And I think Denver's going to win this game and win easily. But I can't just leave 10.5 points on the table. I mean, will Denver win by 11 points? Potentially. But I'm taking the Jets. You give me you give me 11 points and and... If it was like a high-scoring team, I would definitely take it. But Broncos haven't shown me that they're high-powered offense yet. So I'm give me the Jets. Even though I really feel like this is going to be a low-scoring defensive game. 41.5 is the over-under. I'm taking the under on this. I don't I don't think either team's going to score very much. And because of that, I'm, I'm benching everybody. Basically benching everybody. Everyone on the Jets, they're benched. You know, if you see a player's name and it has Jets next to it, bench them. Do not start them. On the Broncos, the only two players I'm starting is Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon disappointed last week. He was supposed to be like the play of the week with his, uh, you know, with the uh, matchup that he had. But uh, Javante Williams is just looking better right now. And they're getting the ball 50-50, so I'm... I think that, you know, if you have him on your roster, start him. 
And if you have both of them on your roster, start both of them. That's how confident I am, you know, for these running backs against this Jets defense. So we'll see how that works out. But, again, this is going to be low scoring. Uh, basically, Saints-Patriots, like, sequel. And it's going to – and this sequel is going to be a horror movie, too, because both games are going to be like watching a horror movie. The Miami Dolphins at the Las Vegas Raiders. And this is a game where Tua Tagovailoa is not going to be playing. And I think the Dolphins are in better con- better condition that he's not playing. I, I think with Jacoby Brissett that uh, he'll be able to get the ball to Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, and uh, those guys. But I'm worried that it's against the Raiders. So if there's anyone else, I'd be like, yeah, this might be the Dolphins' time to shine and, you know, they'll look electric. And Raiders are playing really good team football right now. Derek Carr and the offense, is, you know, they're moving on all cylinders. Their defense looks like they finally have a pass rush with uh, Crosby. And I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Raiders. So even though, I, again, I think the Dolphins will represent better now with Jacoby Brissett. I'm taking the Raiders. They're three and a half point favorites. And I, yeah, I just think the Vegas Raiders will do it. 45.5 is the over under. I'm taking the under on this. I just don't think it's going to be that high scoring of a game. I like both defenses, but I just like the efficiency of the Raiders better. So I'm starting Miles Gaskins. I think this is a game that Miles Gaskins can really produce. He's through the air, on the ground. He, I mean, he's not going to be like one of those weeks where you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to Miles Gaskins? He looks amazing. But he's going to be one of those ones that gets you steady points and uh, has a good week overall that helps you win your week. Jalen uh, Waddle, I like him a lot. I think he's a start. And that's about it, though. I, Will Fuller... Parker, Epperset, Gasicki, they're all on my bench. I get, you need to sit them. I just, uh, I, if Tua misses more time and Brissett's playing against someone else, I, I might like that much matchup better, but uh, these Raiders, I'm really liking what they're doing on defense. So for the Raiders, Kenyon Drake, I really like Kenyon Drake in this one. I just, especially if Josh Jacobs doesn't play, of course. I, I guess I don't like Kenyon Drake as much if Josh Jacobs does play, but uh, whoever that running back is, I, I really like this matchup, and I feel like they're going to be productive. And then I like Hunter Renfro just because he gets open. He finds ways to get open. He's Derek Carr's security blanket, so he's always going to get those targets, and especially in a PPR league, you, you definitely should be throwing Hunter Renfro in this one. And then Darren Waller, of course. Darren Waller's the best tight end right now outside of Kels. So, and, you know, but potentially could, uh, you know, outproduce Kels this season. So you're starting him every week. It's a no-brainer. I'm sitting everyone else, though. Derek Carr, I think this is this is a game where... You know, everyone gets on the Derek Carr bandwagon, and everyone loves Derek Carr. And oh, he's great! You need to start him this week. This is going to be his week. And then you start Derek Carr, and he does absolutely nothing for you. This is going to be this week, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be the week. 
I can't tell you how many times where I've fallen for the Derek Carr trap, where I'm like, man, this matchup's too good to be true. Derek Carr's going to totally rock it. He's going get, to get a lot of points. And then he doesn't. And then he has some matchup where you're like, oh, man, I'm staying away from Derek Carr. And he produces. So I'm, I'm, I'm benching him. Everyone's talking about him right now. This is a perfect trap uh, play. Derek Carr and I'm staying away from it. And you should too. Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs, I'm benching both of them. I'm not big on them this week. I think they have uh, mediocre games in this one. So, yeah, that's really about it on this one. Raiders going to win again. They're going to be 3-0, and but uh, they're going to cover the spread, but they're not going to, uh, they're not going to, well, Dolphins and Raiders aren't going to get more than 46 points, so you can take the under. Seattle Seahawks at the Minnesota Vikings. Seattle's favored by a point and a half, and I'm taking that to the bank. Like, that's my lock of the week. Seattle's going to win this game. They're going to win by, you know, more than one and a half points. More than, you know, if they win by two points, they win this, so... Give me Seattle all day. The over-under is 55.5, and that's really steep for me, but I'm still taking the over. I really think it's going to be that type of game. And I'm, I'm starting everybody, you know, I, especially on Seattle. Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Ty, uh, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. I'm even starting Jeff Swaim. If you have Jeff Swaim, you're starting him. That's the type of game it's going to be. I am, however, sitting Gerald Everett. It's not a good matchup for tight ends. As much as I like Gerald Everett to be kind of a breakout candidate this year, um, he's had some really lousy matchups starting the season, so he's uh, he's on the bench. For the Vikings, I mean, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Chris Herndon, I'm starting them. Even though I'm kind of out on Chris Herndon, he hasn't been producing. Who knows if he will <laughs> this week, but the matchup against tight ends is good, so he, he's still a start on here. I'm sitting Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and K.J. Osborne. The Seahawks have done a pretty decent job against the wide receivers. And Adam Thielen, I'm, you know, you're not going to bench him. He's just been on fire. He's getting a lot of targets. Justin Jefferson hasn't. He's like the fourth targeted, most targeted receiver on his own team. So he's been a disappointment so far. I don't think this is where he gets going, especially with, like I said, how how well the uh, Seattle Seahawks are defending wide receivers. And then KJ Osborne, I put him on here because he's kind of coming on strong onto the scene, getting some production. He had a big game last week, so I'm putting him on here, but he's on the bench this week. This will be probably the game I'd like to see in the Sunday afternoon uh, slate of games. You know, high scoring, potentially a lot of action, seen Russell Wilson cook see if Russ cooks we'll find out um, because I expected big things from him last week not that he did horrible but didn't do as well as I thought this could be the game that he uh, changes that and just has a monster game he has the game that we thought he'd have last week so we'll see but I'm excited for it The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Los Angeles Rams. And the Buccaneers are favored by a point and a half. So kind of like the Seattle game with the point and a half, but 
I'm going with the Rams. I don't know who's disrespecting the Rams and making them underdogs at home. I don't care that they're playing the Super Bowl champions or defending Super Bowl champions. The over-under is 55.5. I'm definitely taking the under. It, this isn't going to be a high-scoring game. This is going to be a defensive game. Uh, I like the Rams' defense a lot, and I think that's the difference. And the Buccaneers' defense is better than it gets credit for, but I just think the offense is so high-powered that you know they're on the field a lot. It's like, oh, Tom Brady just threw a six-touchdown pass you know, in five seconds. Let's go get back out there and get exhausted. Let's exhaust ourselves. Um, in this one, I don't think that will be the case for the offense. I think they'll be limited by the Rams a little bit, and so that will really help the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense kind of hold the Rams uh, offense at bay a little bit. But uh, I'm sitting a lot of people on the Buccaneers. Ronald Jones, you know, we're not falling for that. If you fell for it last week, shame on you. You're not falling for it again this week. Leonard Fournette, not a good matchup. And, you know, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, I don't like them this week either. Definitely Antonio Brown because it's looking like he won't play because of COVID. He just was, uh, he mispracticed today because he was put on the COVID list. So it's not looking good for Antonio Brown to play. So he would definitely as a sit. And then uh, I'm starting... Chris Godwin, just because he gets targets against anybody. He's their main number one receiver, and he just has that consistency about him that you need to play him every week. And then Rob Gronkowski as well. I mean, he's been on a tear at tight end, like two touchdowns a, a game. Not saying he's going to get two touchdowns, but you're not benching him, that's for sure. You're starting him with confidence, and, uh, you know, Tom Brady likes to go to Gronk. It's just the way it is. The Rams, I'm starting Matthew Stafford. I'm starting Bobby Trees. I like Bobby Trees in this one. Bobby Trees is off to a, a slow start, but I think he picks it up here and really gets going. And then Cooper Cup, can't forget about him. I mean, it's Cooper Cup's world. We're all just living in it. He was the most dominant receiver last week with the two touchdowns. And, man, like, what, 100 and how many yards did he get? Like, I, I need to look it up, but it was a lot. Anyway. Van Jefferson, I like him too. Van Jefferson might be a guy that could be a sneaky play where he gets some action here. I just really like this uh, Ram passing attack against this Buccaneers secondary and defense. So start everybody you can. I, I The only one I have sitting is Tyler Higby, and that's just because he's been horrible this year. Stafford's not looking for him, and, you know, the – the Buccaneers have been pretty decent against the tight ends as well. So sit Tyler Higby, start everybody else, have a fun time with it. The Sunday night game is going to be the Green Bay Packers at the San Francisco 49ers. And this just has an old school feel to it. I, you know, watching all the old Packer 49ers games and, you know, the, 90s and early 2000s and uh, they're always entertaining and I think this one's going to be entertaining as well in fact you know 49ers usually have a good defense and it's going to be a defensive battle this one is not this one's going to be really high scoring the over under is 49.5 I'm taking the over on this one and the Niners are favored by three and a half points and I don't see that I actually think the Packers are going to win this game so give me Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in this one, and I'll take the three and a half points on top of that. 
starting Aaron Rodgers, starting Aaron Jones, the Aaron to Aaron connection, uh, Devontae Adams. I mean, he has a bad matchup, Devontae Adams does, but he's Devontae Adams. You're going to play him every week. Uh, Robert Tanyan, starting him, and then basically everyone else I'm sitting. All the other receivers, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, you know, A.J. Dillon, you know, some people were worried about Aaron Jones, and I'm kind of included in that because they thought they'd see a spike in A.J. Dillon, kind of like they did with Jamal Williams last year. And it didn't happen. It hasn't happened at all. So keep A.J. Dillon out of your lineups or even off your rosters at this point, to be honest. Um, yeah, any other San Francisco receiver needs to be on the bench. Alan Lazard, uh, anybody. Uh, Rodgers. You know, Amari Rodgers, not uh, Aaron Rodgers. He needs to be on the bench. And then for the 49ers, I am starting Garoppolo. I'm starting Elijah Mitchell. If he plays, if not, Jamichael Hasty. If he plays, any 49er running back, you start him. Just not sure who's gonna who it's going to be yet. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, I like both of them. Start both of them. I know Brandon Ayuk has been disappointing, but you got to keep him. Uh, Got to keep them going in the starting lineup, especially it, in this one against the Packers. This could be, uh, you know, where he kind of makes things right again. George Kittle, you're not sitting George Kittle, so play George Kittle. And, yeah, just sit back and watch this one. This one will be fun. And, I'll, you know, this will be a fun Sunday night game to kind of wrap things up for the week. Time to wrap it up with the Monday night game, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Dallas Cowboys. I'm picking the upset. I think the Eagles win. So give me the Eagles and the three and a half points that the Cowboys are favored by. I am actually happy about this. I I really feel like the Eagles are going to come to play, especially in this divisional game. 51.5 is the over-under, and I'm taking the over. And I'm starting everyone on the Eagles, basically. Miles Sanders more for his receiving yards. So I'm, I'm, I'm sitting Kenneth Gainwell because I like his rushing touchdowns, but uh, I really – the Cowboys' weakness is to the running back is giving up receiving yards. And that's what Miles Sanders does really well. Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins, like them all. Start them all up and watch them roll. Dallas Goddard, same thing. Cowboys' pass defense is horrid. That's how the Eagles are going to attack. And – I'm basically just sitting Zach Ertz because, you know, he hasn't necessarily been practicing. And even if he does play, I still think he's a bench. For the Cowboys, I know I said it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I just don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game for Dak Prescott. I think this is a second week in a row. Like, that Eagles defense is pretty good. And I, I, I like their ability to kind of limit Dak Prescott and – Amari Cooper with his injury, he's on my bench because I just don't trust that he's going to be effective with that injury. And he might, but it's still a scary proposition. Cedric Wilson's on my bench. He's going to be the guy replacing Michael Gallup. And I'm not big on him this week. Tight ends, Dalton Schultz, Blake Jarwin, they're on my they're on my bench. Ezekiel Elliott is on my bench. Tony Pollard is on my bench. So Yeah, Alex C. D. Lamb. So C.D. Lamb's going to be getting the 25 or so points that we're going to need for them to cover the spread. I mean, it's possible. I just don't like anyone but C.D. Lamb. 
for the Cowboys in this one. So we'll see how that shakes out. But uh, it'll be a fun little Monday night night capper to end the week. And, uh, yep, Eagles upset. Let's, let's see it happen. Now it's time for the Burke and Miz the Wiz Montalban Stars of the Week. Let's see who they are. Stars of the Week. And first off with the quarterbacks, you know, I was kind of on the Daniel Jones train against the Falcons, and I said that he was going to have a huge week. So I'm doubling down on Daniel Jones, and I'm putting him as the star of the week, number three. Don't let me down, Daniel. Like, you know, I was high on him last year. I actually drafted him in my fantasy football league, and he let me down big time. But, uh, again, I was impressed with his performance last week against Washington. This is a good matchup. I'm taking him. I think he dominates. So, again, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how this pans out. <laughs> Number two, Russell Wilson at the Vikings. I had Russell Wilson last uh, week, and he had a good week, just not in the top three. Uh, Chris Carson got a couple of those uh, you know, TDs in there that uh, took away from what, what Russell Wilson was able to do, I think. But I think this week he uh, makes up for that and has a really big week against the Vikings because this Vikings defense isn't very good. They give up a lot of points. So I'm, I think Russell Wilson will, uh, will have a, a top three week this week uh, in lieu of me predicting it, it would be last week. And then number one, of course, is Lamar Jackson at the Lions. I just... You know, saw what he did against the Chiefs. He's like a one-man show. His rushing yards stand out. I mean, he gets six points for rushing touchdowns. The Lions don't defend the rush very well, and Lamar Jackson's like their number one running back right now. The Ravens' running back situation's a mess. Lamar Jackson is the guy, so he's going to get number one quarterback stats, number one running back stats. He's going to be the number one star of the week, so huge week for him. At running back, my number three running back is Aaron Jones at the 49ers. I don't know what's happened to the 49ers, but they're giving up a lot of points to the running backs that they usually don't give up. And I don't expect Aaron Jones to get another four touchdowns by any means like he did uh, last Monday night. But I expect him to have a really good game and, and you know get a lot of yards, get a couple touchdowns, and be solid and be that number three. My number two is Austin Eckler at the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, this is just a perfect running back for uh, against this Chiefs defense. He's great out of the, out of the backfield. Uh, he's a decent rusher. Chiefs can't defend either. So I, I think Eckler, this is where he really uh, has his breakout game of the season uh, after having a slow start. And then number one is Dalvin Cook against Seattle. I mean, did you see what Derrick Henry did against Seattle? Dalvin Cook is just as good of a running back, if not better, than Derrick Henry. So, uh, arguably arguably better than Derrick Henry because, I mean, it's kind of neck and neck right now. But uh, Dalvin Cook's playing Seattle. It's his turn to blow up, and I think he's going to be the number one running back in fantasy football this week. Wide receiver, I got, I got two kind of repeat offenders from last week just because I like the matchups. But number three is Zach Pascal at the Titans. This one was not uh, was not necessarily here last week. I just really like Zach Pascal uh, against the Titans. The Titans can't defend the pass. 
they're going to be focused on Michael Pittman Jr. And I think Michael Pittman Jr. has a, a, a good week. But Zach Pascal seems to score the touchdowns. And I'm going to take the guy that uh, has the better touchdown track record in this one. And I think it's significant enough to be a top three play. So put in Zach Pascal, and uh, good things are going to happen. Number two, Tyler Lockett against you know at the Vikings. Russell Wilson's going to be throwing it to both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I had DK Metcalf last time, and you know I'm probably going to go to Tyler Lockett, and then it's going to be DK Metcalf. That's the way it goes. But I, I just like Tyler Lockett's usage better. He gets a lot more targets, and uh, he's making more uncontested catches for bigger plays right now than DK. So um, again, it's probably going to change because I picked Tyler Lockett, but I'm going with Tyler Lockett. Uh, in this one, you know, he was a top play last week and he'll just continue that against this Vikings defense. And then Cooper Cup, he was again top wide receiver last week, but now he's playing against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers give up a ton of points to the wide receiver, and Cooper Cup's so versatile. Stafford loves him, throws to him constantly. So, if anything, I think in a PPR league, especially, like you're just going to get a bunch of points and you know, targets and receptions, Not never mind the yards and the potential touchdowns. So Cooper Cup's my number one. Tight end, I got uh, at number three, Mark Andrews for the Ravens. He's been kind of having, you know, off to a slow start this season. Lions don't defend the tight end position very well. They're actually pretty bad at it. So I think this is where Mark Andrews finally takes that next step and breaks out and has a big game here. Number two, I have Travis Kels. I mean, you need to have him on here in your top three every single week. He's either one or two every single week, so I'm putting him at two against the Chargers. The Chargers give up a lot of points to the tight end. Well, you know, they're not they're not a top ten type team to give up points to the tight end, but again, it's Travis Kels. So I, I think you know, anytime you play Travis Kelsch, you're, you're giving up a lot of yards and potential touchdowns just because of the player he is. So, although the Chargers are middle of the pack defending the tight end, uh, Kelsch isn't a normal tight end. And then number one is TJ Hawkinson because the Ravens are the worst team at defending the tight end. But they did have to play uh, Darren Waller and then Travis Kelsch. So, are they really that bad at defending the tight end, or did they just play the two best tight ends in the NFL, right? Um, but T.J. Hawkinson is a really good tight end, too. I'd actually put him maybe number three right now with production. So this is kind of a murderer's row for the Ravens and tight ends they're facing. Uh, and I guess maybe as the season progresses, we'll find out how great they are really at defending the tight end position. But as of now, they're horrible because of who they've played against. And Hawkinson is, is a good tight end that I think uh, can uh, can have a pretty big week this week. So he's my number one. And, uh, yeah, those are my stars of the week for, uh, for this week. And uh, just to go over kind of whom I chose last week, I, you know, quarterback at Russell Wilson against the Titans and uh, didn't really pan out. Tom Brady, I had Tom Brady for the Falcons and, that really did pan out. I mean, four touchdown passes. And then I had Justin Herbert versus the Cowboys. And he didn't do as well as I thought he would. So uh, kind of disappointing there. 
Running backs, I had Aaron Jones as my number one, and lo and behold, he was my he was the number one guy, and I was kind of nervous, obviously, with Derrick Henry and his big week that he had, but it was great to see uh, you know me pick Aaron Jones and him being number one. And then I had Melvin Gordon and then Najee Harris, and Najee Harris did okay. He got 16 points. Gordon was a big disappointment, so definitely both of them not top three uh, at all. Uh, wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, it, you know, he had an early touchdown. It looked promising, and then really it was everyone else on the Cardinals offense producing at that point. DK Metcalf we talked about. It ended up being Tyler Lockett. And then I had Keenan Allen versus the Cowboys, and he didn't even, he didn't even get a touchdown. The touchdown went to Mike Williams, so that was kind of a dud. And then tight end, you know, Travis Kelsey, or Kels, sorry, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, and then Dallas uh, Goddard. And Goddard was disappointing. He only had like 3.7 points. But in general, I mean, most of the tight ends were pretty disappointing. Gronkowski had a great game, two touchdowns right off the bat. And uh, Travis Kelce against Baltimore had a big game too. So uh, overall, uh, I'm pretty happy with my predictions for stars of the week. I felt like uh, even the ones that were I didn't know were just right outside uh, of that realm, except for obviously uh, the running backs. I mean, I called the number one running back, but you know Gordon Harris really let me down in what I thought their production was going to be. So, yeah, I, I, I like to go back and uh, hold myself accountable for my picks. And so there's uh, those were my picks, and uh, not too bad. Now it's the fun part, the part where we get you money. All you have to do is listen to our advice on the FanDuel lineup, put it in your own lineup, and then win money. If you were paying attention last year, or sorry, last week, you, yeah, you won some money. Um, we had Russell Wilson at quarterback, Melvin Gordon and Najee Harris at running back. Melvin Gordon definitely was a disappointment, but uh, having Derrick Henry in our flex definitely made up for that, and that's what got us into the money round. Derrick Henry saved us. But DK Metcalf, Allen Robinson, Antonio Brown at receiver. Gronkowski at tight end. That kind of helped us out, too, with those two touchdowns. And then the Broncos' D on defense. So uh, definitely some misses, but uh, the explosion of Gronkowski and Henry together got us into the money round. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, we're two for two now for getting money. Let's make it three for three. And let's start off with our quarterback, Daniel Jones from the Giants. You know, I said I was all on the Daniel Jones bus this week, and I doubling and down on it by uh, putting him in, putting him in my uh, FanDuel lineup. Seventy four hundred dollars. I like the price range. It helped me uh, get some other players at uh, other positions that uh, I really wanted. So I think he'll yeah have an effective game against the Falcons, and and really uh, yeah I think he'll have a top three type game. So get him in my lineup. Dalvin Cook is my running back, my first one. Now, he's questionable. He's missed some practices the last couple of days. Scary, but uh, if that's the case, you know, pay attention Sunday morning. Just slide Alexander Madison in there if uh, Cook's not able to play. 
Not that I like Madison as much, because how many times have we put Madison in thinking that we'd get Cook-like production for him just to not do anything. But uh, Devin Cook against Seattle, this matchup's too juicy not to put him in there. $9,500, so it was expensive. But again, you know, uh, Daniel Jones, uh, putting him at quarterback, he's a little cheaper option. It allowed me to get Devin Cook at the $9,500 range. And Seattle's the worst team in the NFL right now at stopping the running back position. So it's just setting up for gold right there. Second running back is Austin Eckler. Chargers playing at Kansas City. Kansas City gives up a ton of points to the running back. They're not as bad as Seattle, but they're a couple tiers just below them. They're ranked 30th against the running back position. So I, especially receiving, Kansas City gives up a lot of receiving yards to the running back. Austin Eckler, that's his forte. This game just screams that, uh, you know, he's going to have his breakout game of the year in this one. So I want to have him on my Fanduel lineup when that happens. My first receiver, Tyler Lockett. I'm just riding the train on him. Like, he always is a first half of the season type of receiver. He dominates, and I think that continues against the Vikings, who are horrible at defending the pass. So I want all shares of Tyler Lockett that I can, and and I was able to do it. My second receiver is Cooper Cup. Again, Cooper Cup's been on a tear. I'm riding the wave at $7,900. I feel like... It's, you know, it's about, a, you know, for a receiver of his production in the first two weeks, it's actually a little cheaper than what I was expecting. Tyler Locke was at 8000 so, he, you know, him being on a tear too, they're right in the same type of range, and getting both of them, I, you know, I'm pretty happy with. Then my third wide receiver is Sterling Shepard, $6,400. I feel like he was a bargain. He's getting a lot of points, and he's Daniel Jones' main target, so I... I want as much uh, Sterling Shepard as I can get in this matchup against Atlanta. And this is kind of that quarterback to wide receiver connection that you try to get in the fan duel lineups. So this is what this is. And again, saving money on Daniel Jones, I was able to get Cook, Eckler, Lockett, and Cup. Yeah, I'll take that all day. I just need my other really cheap options just to you know, maybe get a cheap touchdown or do something and it'll more than make up for, uh, you know, being able to get the star players in my lineup. Tight end, I have Pat Freermuth from the Steelers. Now, I'm not saying he's going to dominate by any means, but he's $4,600. And I just feel like the Steelers are going to try to force the ball in the middle of the field. They haven't been using the tight ends like they've wanted. There's talk this week that they're really going to try to get the tight ends on track. Freermuth is the cheaper option, and I just like his talent. Ben looks to him in the red zone, at least he did early in the preseason. And again, at that price, why not take a shot in the dark that uh, they're going to use him as a red zone target against the Bengals? Uh, I just need a touchdown, especially at the tight end position where it's been pretty anemic, where outside of Kelson Waller, it's everyone getting like, you know, four to five points a week. Why not take a chance on Freemuth to score a touchdown and be in that uh, top 25%? My flex is Zach Pascal. I really wanted a running back here. There just wasn't one that I can afford. My salary is really at zero with everything when it's all said and done. 
So I like Zach Pascal, especially if Parrish Campbell doesn't play. It doesn't look like he will. So for whatever reason, Zach Pascal's underrated. No one talks about him, but then he goes and gets like two touchdowns and 40 yards and has himself a day. So I want that type of production on my FanDuel lineup. And again, $5,300 for a receiver facing the worst pass defense in the Titans in the NFL. I want all shares I can of Pascal this week. Defense, I have the New York Giants. Now, I just had to put a defense in here. I usually try to go for a, you know, a more pricier defense. That, uh, But this week, again, getting Cook and Eckler and Lockett and Cup, and uh, I really had to cut corners at other places, and defense was one of the places I did it. Basically, tight end and defense are the two places I did it. Not not to say that I don't like those my selections at both of these ones, but uh, New York Giants at the Atlanta Falcons, $3,900. Falcons have a horrible offense. Giants defense has been okay. I You know, all they need is a touchdown. You know, Matt Ryan to throw a, a pick six or something. I think the Giants are capable of representing and get me some points at least for especially that price range. It's worth the gamble. And again, if I can get those other players in my roster, and uh, I'm going to take advantage of that. So there you go. There's the FanDuel lineup. Put it in your lineup. Let's win us some money. That's it. That's the show. So let's get red paint, paint the barn red, sit back. Watch week three NFL action and cheer on our fantasy football teams. All the work is done. Now it's our time to enjoy. You're listening to Ms. the Wiz Montalban, a fantasy football show. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Google, all the major podcast applications. Like us, review us, comment. Follow me on Twitter. It's Ms. Montalban. And in the meantime, cheers.